letting us have to go through things alone. Hallelujah. so glad to have you here with us.
Amen. Well, it's good to have you tonight. And by the way, before you sit down, before you stop, I want, I want you just for a second to find somebody and tell them something good God is doing in your life, all right? Share something tonight, all right? So if you have something to share, go ahead and share. If you don't, just listen to somebody else. So maybe it'll encourage you, okay? So share something God is doing in your life. Real quick, real quick. take up our tithe and offering, so if you have something to give, go ahead and prep that. If you need an envelope, wave your hand way around, and one of these fine ushers will help you out. But it's good to have you. I appreciate your giving, your faithfulness to the church, and uh, certainly we believe that, you know, God is our provider, and this is simply a worshipful, part of our worshipful response to his provision. Amen? All right, well, let's, uh, let's get ready to pray over it. And, uh, hey, Lila, can I put you on the spot and have you come pray over offering? Come on, Lila, come on. I'll put you on the spot. She didn't, she didn't know this was happening, but she's got to do a great job. You ready? Good. Thank you. Give me five. Come on. Yeah. She's she going to be mad at me till Sunday now. But anyways, uh, everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Let Lila pray tonight. Dear God, thank you for this day, God, and just thank you that for all of the good things that you are doing mm-hmm. in our lives, God, and even the bad things that seem like they are bad right now, God, we know that there is an answer to our prayers and that this could be a new testimony, testimony for us, God, and all the money that we are giving you today, God, just help it to all go to good use, God, and just bless it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lila. Good job. You can be, bring, bring it down if you, if you got something, and you can be like the official offering prayer person. What do you think? No? Okay. <laughs> just, just throwing it out there if you want it. It's yours. It's on the table, you know? It's like, <laughs> anyhow. So announcements real quick. Uh, don't, man, lively crew tonight. That's good. Um, don't forget uh, the youth get together, 5th through 12th grade, March 21st. After church, we're going to go out to eat and come back here and, and Pastor Tim over from Botkins and 24-7. He's coming, and he's got a word to share with them. And then uh, when we're going to close it up, the youth, when Pastor Tim's done, the youth are going to take a couple minutes and help Vinny put together the stuff for the nursing home outreach for Easter. So uh, that'll be fun. So that's March 21st, right after church. Uh, if you've never been water baptized, let's let's take care of that. Amen. It's a uh, it's an outward expression of inward change. Old man washed by the Spirit, new man comes up. So if you've never been water baptized, go ahead and sign up, and I'll talk to you more about it after you get signed up. And somebody said, "Where are we going to do it?" I have no idea. We'll figure it out. So uh, we'll make it happen. Also. Uh, Starting this, this coming Monday, Samara, Justice, and Christine, starting this coming Monday, uh, church-wide prayer from 6 to 7 will be at the new place. So we want to we pray our way in. So 6 to 7 in the new building starting this Monday. And, I, you know, the TVs, I think the TVs are telling us it's time to go. They're just, they said, we're not working anymore. We're just going to stop until we move. So that may be the case. But, you know, uh, church-wide prayer starts there on Monday. And lastly, um, the uh, Champaign County Right to Life, they need a point person from our church that can attend meetings and stuff. I can't do so. Is there anybody interested in? Okay, so I'll, I'll connect you. Somebody else, too. We can get more than one person. They, they have uh, meetings. 
just see me after church and we'll, we'll hook it up. And we just need somebody to be at the meeting so we're up on the things that are happening so we can participate in the future. Amen? Amen. All right. So I think that's all I got. So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and get it out. And we're going to get back in the book of John tonight. We've been in um, the seven I am statements of Jesus in the book of John. By the way, John has uh, these seven I am statements, these great expressions of revelation of who he is. And he expresses himself. And he, and he, and he begins to put together this, this, this picture, a collage almost, putting it together so you get a, a description of who Jesus is. Self-revelation. And, and remember uh, God at, at the burning bush with Moses. He said, who in the world should I say sent me? He says, tell him, I am sent you. I am who I am. And this is almost a runoff of that. And um, by the way, you know, there are seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. You also also seven signs in the Gospel of John. We talked about the first one last Sunday. Remember the, the uh, water into wine at the wedding in Canaan? That was the first sign. The last sign that Jesus gave was raising Lazarus from the dead, as John writes it. And he's making a picture. The kingdom of God is a celebration. Is it not? And, and he, Jesus, turning water into wine, he extended the celebration. Then he went to the temple and drove out the money changers, right? So there's a big, big picture happening there. But then the, the last sign that John lists is, is the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And, of course, that is symbolic of the resurrection coming. Amen? So John, is, is he writes very purposely. So we've been through uh, Jesus. I am the bread of life. He said, I am the light of the world. Uh, we, I am the gate for the sheep. In other words, he's the way of salvation. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. So th that's where we've been with these uh, I am statements. And, and we should hear these things and be encouraged. Right? If, if there's one thing, here's, here's the thing. If there's one thing that I always want to see happen when you all come to church, is that when you leave, you're encouraged. Amen. Even if you miss well, everything I say, and I'm okay with that. Just be encouraged. If you got encouraged in worship and that's all you needed, I'm okay with that. You know, I want you to be encouraged. And when we hear these statements of, of, of self-revelation from Jesus, it should capture our heart in a certain way that in some way, shape, or form, we should be encouraged. In other words, he is the bread of life. That should encourage us that we will always be provided for, sustained spiritually. Always. There is no lack inwardly that you will ever experience if you seek him as the bread of life, right? You should be encouraged that, that he is the light of the world. There, there is no darkness that you can find yourself in that there is not a light showing you the way out. So all of these self-revelations from Jesus ultimately should encourage you, and you should embrace them. Anytime, listen, anytime revelation comes and light bulbs start to turn on in your, your, your brain and your, your, your heart, embrace them. Because not only will they be foundations for the living of the Christian life, but they will also be the source of contentment, joy, peace, all, all the things that we need to, to live in the world that we live in, right? So I want you to be encouraged. So anyways, John chapter 14. I'm sorry. John 13. We're going we're to read the end of 13 and head into chapter 14. So John chapter 13, verse number 36. Now, we don't have it on the screen tonight, so you have to trust what I'm reading is actually the Bible. Anyway, so John 13, 36 says, And Simon Peter said to him, said to Jesus, so we're kind of picking up in, in, in mid-story here. Lord, where are you going? And, and so they, they've been trying, they're, they're starting to understand that Jesus has a little bit of a plan. Okay, they're, they're starting to see. Now, if, if you understand, if you really read the Gospels, you'll, you'll see that the people didn't entirely get it. They, they never really figured it out until after it all happened. Then things started to fall into place for them. So, so here, here's Peter asking the question, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. And, and, and what he means is he's going to the cross, he's going to die, and then the whole business of resurrection and, and ascension, all, you can't follow me now, but then he goes, but here's the deal, but you will follow afterwards. Now, 
That, that can be taken in a couple of different ways. So Jesus is headed to the cross. He's going to die. So one way that could mean is that he was, he was telling the disciples, and historically we know everybody but John was martyred for their faith. They all were. Were eventually killed. And what's amazing is, you think about this. Remember, when Jesus was on the cross, who was the disciple there? John, with Mary, right? Jesus' mom. Where were the rest of the disciples? Gone. Who was the only disciple that wasn't martyred for his faith? The rest of them that scattered ended up giving their life for it. You see? You see? So he's, he's saying, look, it could be that he's saying, uh, yeah, you're going to follow me, and you're going to die for this whole deal. Or, or it could mean maybe both that, yeah, you're eventually going to get where I'm going, resurrection. You know, that this whole thing of, of, of an eternity with me. So he said, you are going to follow. And that, that is our fate, by the way. Remember, he is the resurrection and the life. You're being resurrected now, right? New life, change, but, but there is a resurrection coming. That's our great hope. All right, verse uh, 37. Peter said to him, Lord, why can, can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. You know, bravado sometimes runs ahead of itself. Here's, here's Peter being all bravado. I'll lay down my life for you. And then we know what actually happens, right? He denies Jesus and, and he scatters. So he says, I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Th this, is, this is the ultimate question all Christians face. Will you lay down your life for me? Now, is salvation a free gift from God? Yes. yes. It is, is living in grace a free gift of God? Yes. Forgiveness. But is that all Christianity is? No. Remember we talked about this a couple weeks ago. We talked about repent for the kingdom of heaven at hand. Cheap grace is wanting all the grace from God but not costing you anything. That's not the Christian life. He calls us to follow him and says, will you lay down your life for me? In other words, depending on your context, that literally could mean physically. There has been segments of the ebb and flow of Christian history where people were physically killed for their faith, right? And it still happens in our world today. We're fortunate that we don't face that, right? But, but it could, could be that, or obviously for everybody, will you lay down this life for him? Will you lay it down? Will you give over everything that you are in order to have true life? That's the question. And we all have to answer it. At some level, in some way, in some shape or form, we all have to respond consistently, am I willing to give my life to him, to do what he wants to do with it? And goes on to say to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. And there's the great uh, prediction of, of Peter's denials that, that we know, by the way, that Jesus reinstated him, right? You, you should always, listen, you should always be free to reinstate people in your life. Remember, remember how Jesus reinstated Peter? They're out fishing, and, and it's John 21. They see, I think that's Jesus on the shore, and, he, and he's, he's, he's cooking up some stuff. And they come in, and what does he do? He invites them all down, including Peter, to what? Eat with them, have a meal. Oh, the kingdom, the feast of the kingdom, Right? And he reinstates him. Remember, remember Freeze denial, he reinstates purpose. Yeah. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my life. For each denial, he reinstates purpose, right? That's what God does. That's what we should do. So even though Peter denies him, we know the good part of the story later about that. All right, verse chapter 14. So here comes Jesus. Now he's going to assure them about the things that are to come. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Believe in Jesus. See, there's a way that Jesus is going. He did it on the cross, right? He did it 
through the ascension, the Holy Spirit comes. There, there is always a way that he's doing what he does. We don't get to do this our own way, right? That, that's the whole thing, will you lay down your life for me? We don't get to do it our own way. Do you trust when he says, look, this is the way I'm going. Do you believe in me? All along this way that he's asking you to follow a certain way, he, the question is, do you still believe in me? Do you still believe in me? Do, do you trust that what I am up to is the way things need to be? Yeah, the, the whole thing about the cross, they were buying it. Remember, Peter was like, forbidden that you would ever do that. You know, no way, no way. The Messiah can't die. That, that's kind of opposite of what they thought would happen. They thought the Messiah was going to come. He was going to raise up to be a king like David. He was going to cause his overthrow of Rome, throw him out, nation of Israel all over again. And it's the whole opposite thing. Calls him to a different thing, right? Do you trust? Do you believe? In him, that you will follow him and lay down your life for him? That's a big question. So don't be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You hear that? Don't let your hearts be troubled. You say it again. Don't let your hearts be troubled. We got to keep saying it. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Now you remember that next time your heart starts to get troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled because he's taking you somewhere. And do you trust he's going to get you there? Yeah, even if it's opposite from the way everything else works. Do you trust? Yeah, don't let your heart be troubled because he is who he is. And you have to believe that. This, 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 we're talking about self-revelation of who Jesus is. When you catch these things, listen, when you catch it, your heart will not be troubled. I mean, when you really start to catch it, your heart will become less and less troubled. Because, again, the revelation, when it settles in your heart, it brings contentment, peace. Oh, my goodness, there's actually joy there. You know, all these different things. Why would I have joy in the middle of this situation? Well, because Jesus is who he is. He's taking you somewhere, so don't let your heart be troubled. Amen? Amen. Okay. And it says, in my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and will take you to myself, and that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. So the house that Jesus is going to build, it is this house that, in other words, it is a place for all who believe. All are welcome. The invitation is open. It's a, remember the old song in the 80s, I don't know, it's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. You guys remember that song on the radio? Audio Adrenaline, is that my right? I don't know, yeah. Anyways, anyways, that one, yeah. Big, big house with lots and lots. Why? why? The invitation's open to all. For all who believe, he's preparing a place for us. Amen. Now, let me tell you something. I, I know we, we strive. We strive for a lot of things in this world, and it's okay. As long as what you... In, in your striving for things in this world, you don't lose your soul. Yeah. But striving for stuff is okay. I, I strive. I have goals. I, I plan. There's things I want to accomplish uh, in my personal life, in, in ministry, different things like this. Nothing wrong with it as long as I don't lose my soul in the process. Right. But what if it doesn't work out? What if it does not work out? What, what, what if I, in all my plans and goals, I bat, I bat 20%. That's all I got. I bat 200. That's a terrible season. If I bat 200, I'm on the bench. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, they're not going to play me. If all I'm doing is batting 200, listen, don't let your heart be troubled. Because he's going to prepare a place for us. Amen. That is much, much better than all my goals and dreams and achievement here anyways. Because that's where our reward is. What do you have to do? Stay faithful. Stay faithful in your willingness to lay yourself down. And it'll take you somewhere, right? So he, he, he's going to prepare a place for us. That what he's doing, Jesus ascended into heaven right now. Is the place prepared? Yeah, sure. 
He's ready. Waiting on what? The Father's timing. And when his timing is, it's, we're going, right? That there is a resurrection and an eternity with him. All right, so here comes this great uh, I am statement. Of course, Thomas said, and remember doubting Thomas after the resurrection, verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, here it comes, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would know the Father also, my Father also. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the perfect revelation of God. Amen. When you have seen Jesus, you have seen God. Amen. When Jesus is on the cross, it is the most perfect revelation of who God is and his sacrificing love for us. When you see Jesus, you see God. Amen? That, that's the whole Amen. Trinity thing working, right? But he said, I am the way. Is it this, this is the one I think most of you are most familiar with of all the I am statements. This may be the most familiar one. I am the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And nobody comes to God except through him, the, the, the gate of the sheep. Amen. Right? Now, so, by the way, this puts into, this, this is what gets Christians in trouble. Let's be honest. Because we have, we have the audacity to say there is no other way to get to God in, in heaven and eternity except through Jesus. No other way. No other religion. No other philosophy. This is what gets us in trouble. We have the audacity to say, I know you believe in that, but that's not going to get you there. Right? Right? Jesus is the only way to reconciliation with God. Our sin brought separation. Jesus is the way to right relationship with God. He's the only way. You, remember the whole, I am the gate for the sheep? Remember the, you can try to jump in the sheep pen other ways, but those guys, that's not it. You can't get there. You can try, but you're not going to get there. The only way to God is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us in our place. And that's a resounding amen. That is the gospel. Now, the audacity to say there is no other way, but also we got to say, by the way, that is the good news. That is the good news of Jesus Christ, that he actually is the way. That God did provide a way. He didn't have to. That's what grace is. Grace is, grace is affording you what you don't deserve. That's ultimately what grace does, right? It gives you what you don't deserve. So God does not have to give us away back to him. He can just be all mad about it. And hold the biggest God grudge ever. And just say, tough, don't care. I'm going to let you live your piddly little life. And when you die, I'm going to judge you and, and send you to the other place. He can do that, right? But the grace of God provides the way, that's Jesus, to reconciliation and forgiveness of sins, and then ultimately everlasting life. So he is the way, the only way. He's the truth. He is truth. Now, now we know the Bible is inherent truth, right? It, it, it is absolute truth. Amen? Amen? But who does the Bible testify to? Jesus. The truth, Jesus. Yeah. Now, you don't, by the way, Anyhow, um, do you worship your Bible? Do we sing songs to the Bible? Oh, other than children, B-I-B-L-E, that's a book for me. Okay, but that's a whole other story. Um, this, is not, this is not part of the Trinity, but it is the truth of God given to us, right, that points to God, to Jesus. Jesus is the point of this thing, right? Jesus is the truth. That, that scripture brings us to and testifies to. Amen? So Jesus is truth. He is, by the way, absolute truth. Truth that transcends time, transcends space, transcends place, transcends everything. He was, right? He is, right? And he is to come. Yes. He is the same yesterday, 
today and forever. He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. He, he is it all. He's the truth. And there was nothing, as John 1 says, and there was nothing that was made that was not made through him. He is the truth. And so he's life. Well, he's, he's all our lives. He, he, he's abundant life. He gives us life. He sustains our life, right? He is absolutely our source of life. In other words, back to the first one, he's bread of life that sustains us. So if he, if he is the way, he's the path. He is the absolute truth. And he is the source of life. Why would we look anywhere else for what we need? Amen. You look for your source in other places, it will only be a shadow, it will only be a portion, it will only be whatever. It is not the fullness of Jesus Christ for you. And this is what we proclaim. Amen. So, he is the way, he's the truth. He's the life. And by seeing him, we know what God is like. Now, by the way, that statement's a big deal. Because especially people think, well, when we think of God, we think of Old Testament angry God. Thunderbolt, lightning God, baseball bat God. An old man in the sky with a big white beard waiting for you to mess up so he can smack you, right? And here comes Jesus who says, and by the way, and, and the fullness of God dwells in, in Jesus, right? That, that's what it, Jesus came and he is. And, and here comes Jesus, and he's not walking around thunderbolt and smashing everybody. As a matter of fact, the total opposite, he goes and dies on the cross. God died for you. Think about that. God died. That's, that's short story of brain, but God in, in human form died. So he can be the way. In other, words, in other words, God in Jesus dying on the cross opens the way of reconciliation. Jesus dying on the cross isn't changing God's mind about you. You see what I'm saying? Jesus on the cross is God expressing his love for you. Amen. And he becomes the way for you. Amen. What? So, so you can be in right relationship with God. That's what the whole thing's about. That's how, again, we say this word here so much, intensely personal our God is. Amen. That Jesus came to be the way because he is the truth and he is our absolute place and source of abundant life. Amen. Do you live in it? That's the question. So, so he said, hey, I'm the way, let's go. Are you following you see what I mean? Are you walking in his ways? Are you looking to him? I know there's a lot of things out there, a lot, a lot of sources of information, a lot of things you can believe or disbelieve, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of stuff. But whatever it is, got to believe in Jesus. And he'll actually, actually kind of, by doing that, you'll weed out some of the other stuff, by the way, just, just by doing that. There's a weeding process. But you got, he's the truth. And you stay, and, and, and when, when doubt Doubt starts to fight with you. How many ever fought with doubt? When doubt starts to fight with you, no, nope. Jesus is truth. Amen. Jesus is truth. And then, then it's the, you know, the enemy, I don't know. Jesus is truth. Are you sure about the Jesus? Is tr- He's absolute truth. And we, we stand. Truth is a place you stand and you work from. We know, we know it's true that two and two equals four, right? It's a truth. We stand. We, we use it. It's a, it's a basic thing we use in life, right? Jesus is the ultimate truth where all life comes from, right? And then that leads into his life. He is my source of everything. Amen. Everything. Well, when, whenever something's going on in my life, it's easy to get distracted. I, I go, and put, I'm going to him. No matter what else I can gain out here, and there's some, some things out there that can be wise and good, that's okay. But if I'm not drawing from him as my source, it's not going to be what you need. He is our abundant life. Amen? So let, let the revelation, this, this I am revelation, settle into you. So, so 
you guys ever ever like meditate on the word at all? Sometimes we hear the word meditate, and all of a sudden it takes us to Middle Eastern, you know, philosophy stuff. No, 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 no. Meditate is a scriptural word. In other words, you roll it over. You roll it over. You think on it. You've got to think on the revelation of scripture. Because when you think on remember, how, how do you not be conformed to the pattern of the world? What do you renew? Your mind. Because rolling here ends up here. Right? So new creation, but, but working things out, right? So we meditate. So you're thinking about, man, Jesus is the way, and you just think, man, he's the way. He, he's the truth. He, and you just roll these things. Like, like today I was thinking, I, I sent a, a, a little text out. You know, you love the Lord, it reaches to the heavens, your, your faithfulness to the skies, your righteousness, like the mighty mountains, your justice, Lord, like the great deep. I was thinking about that all day. I mean, just rolling in my mind. And I just kept going, wow. That's just, wow. That's just, that's just, the, the, the writer of that psalm was trying to capture something so big and put it in the words, it's almost impossible. But he almost got there, I think. Wow, that's just the majesty of God. When you roll things like that in your mind, man, it changes you. It absolutely will change you, right? Roll these things over and let them take root inside of you. Roots grow trees. Let it take root. It'll grow. That's, remember, the kingdom is where? And the kingdom is like the yeast that works, or it's like a seed that grows in the tree. It grows. It works its way through you. That's the purpose. Meditation helps with that. So roll these over in your mind. Think about these things. It'll take root right in here and grow. Amen? Amen. That's all I got. It's not even 8 o'clock. I'm out. Over and out. Anyway, let's pray. <laughs> that was like crash landing. Okay, I'm done. And it's over. <laughs> I promised when, when I first started uh, pastoring, I was a youth pastor, and, and teens, you go for a while, they just start zoning out, they're counting the lights, you know, the bugs crawling on the floor, whatever, so they're not paying attention. I learned, I learned a long time ago, never try to go longer than what you have to say, because after that point, it's worthless anyway, so I'm done, so we're just going to stop, that's all I got, and it's, it'll just be worthless from here on out, so anyways. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you just for an opportunity to come to your house once again and just, just worship you, celebrate with you, and celebrate you, and, and, and get together and, and love each other once again tonight and spend time in your word, your great word, the word of, of truth. And, and you are the way, the truth, and the life, and I pray that we live in that and by that and it seeps into us and we're, we're grounded in it because you have prepared a place for us and, and our life in you leads to resurrection in that place and ultimately new heaven, new earth eternity, all, all the great things that we hope for but I pray the, the, these revelations of who you are encourage us and we remain faithful, faithful to our following of you. So we thank you for your, your mercy and your grace and, and all the things that you do for us. We are so thankful for those. We, we can't ever fully repay you for those things. We just simply just worship you and faithfully follow. So just simply, Lord Jesus, we love you. We adore you. We hold you in high esteem. We revere you. And we commit to a life that is so infused by you that we're a light to the world. So tonight, Jesus, we just, we just praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, everybody says, Amen. Amen. Amen.